Amen. It is Father's Day. And so many good things have been said concerning fathers. I don't want to spend too much time on it except to say that in this day and age, with so many father, fatherless homes, it's very important that the body of Christ understand, especially the men of this house, that part of your call is the call of a father. So that whoever walks in these doors, no matter what their situation is, they will sense the spirit of the father here. The spirit of the father that brings care, that brings comfort, that brings provision, brings wholeness, can bring reconciliation. All those things need to be experienced as people walk through those doors. And to all of you men, I want to say especially, you have a responsibility to make sure that your life is patterned after your heavenly fathers. So that wherever you go, to whomever you speak to, they will sense the spirit of the Father in you. So that as they're listening, even though it might be a high, it might be an encouragement, just to, you don't know what that person's in the middle of. But they know, and the Holy Spirit knows, and your spirit of fatherhood is going to minister to them at that second, at that moment, and they will be very thankful. So always have your heart open to the Holy Spirit about how you can be a father to those around you. There's a children's chorus that came out years ago. I think it was Veggie Tales. It said, I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I'm a great big bundle of potentiality. And every child you see is exactly that placed in your life by Almighty God. So make sure you do your best to help all that potentiality come rolling out of their lives. Whether you see them in Awana, whether you see them in, during the worship service in your neighborhood, make sure that there's a smile on your face even if their ball went through your window. Amen? Amen. If you have a Bible or something that has the Bible in it, if you would turn to Jeremiah chapter 29, these verses were read before the service, as the service started. I want to read them again. And uh, when you have found it, would you please stand with me and we're going to read the word and going to have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 29, very familiar verses, beginning at verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for wholeness and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes, and I will gather you from all the nations. In all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that it is life, that it is direction. We thank you that the Holy Spirit will anoint us as we speak it and as we hear it. And we ask that for each one of us as we leave this place, 
We would desire to not just be hearers of it, but doers of it. So that you might be glorified in our lives wherever we go. That we might be able to lift up Jesus, and at that point then all men are drawn unto you. We ask your blessing on the word now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The title of the message today is God's Providence and Promise. The definition of the word providence, I Google this word. I do know how to use the smartphone somewhat. I still in an age, though, at my age where I resist any new things. You know, when it pops up and says you have updates, I would, I'd like to talk to the person that sent that to me. I don't need any updates. The protective care of God or of nature as a spiritual power. Synonyms. Fate, destiny, God's will, divine intervention. God or nature is providing protective or spiritual care. Timely preparation for future eventualities. Now, as I said, I googled that word, and it does give uh, nature some ability to show some providence to you. And keep in mind who created nature. Almighty God. Providence is in your life, even at this moment. We don't always recognize it. We don't see it. But it's there. It's at work. It's, It's always there. Providence is always there. Providence is not just good things happening in your life. Sometimes... The things that are happening according to his providence in your life are tests, are even severe trials that come into your life. But his providence is still at work. If his providence is at work in your life, that means he's there. It it also means that it doesn't matter what it is you're going through, he is there. And since he's there, he will walk with you, whether it's sun shining out or whether it's in the middle of pitch blackness in your life at this very present time. You could be in the middle of howling storms in your emotions and in your feelings and your spirit, but God's providence to you, even an unbeliever, his providence to you is still at work in your life. You might feel at times that you're all by yourself, that you're the only one that knows you're alive, and that, and that hardly anyone even cares, but you're wrong because He does know who you are. He knows where you're at. And his providence is at work in your life. As the sun comes up and sets every day, understand that part of what's going to happen that day has to do with God's providence working in you specifically to work about his purpose for you, in you, and to those that are around you. The providence of God is always faithful. Sometimes it seems that there's an awful long time between God showing up in your life. You can look at that as timely preparation for future eventualities. Some of the worst tests you've ever been in, the most severe, trying tests you've ever been in, have you've you've been there because God knows what's coming down the line in your life. Got a call from a young man not long ago that we know very well. He was his parents are missionaries in Thailand. He's part Shan tribe from Burma and he's part uh, American. He's going to Bible college here in the States, and he called, and he's on the phone talking to me. And pretty soon we begin to hear the reason for the call. Every bite of food that he's eaten in the previous four weeks had been given to him from a friend. 
And somebody told him that if he didn't have so much pride, he'd make a few phone calls to people that loved him and ask them for help. So he called us. I hope he called more people. And I told him, you know, Ty, this is a very trying time in your life. But one of the things that God's doing, the providence for why you're in the middle of where you're at right now, is God's wanting you to develop your own faith in Him. He's wanting you to find out who He is in your life. The day comes when you go back to Thailand. And you need to understand, as you've watched your mom and dad, and you've watched other believers working in refugee camps along that northern border with Burma, and as they've even slipped in across the border to plant churches in Burma, you need to understand that someday you're going to be face-to-face with a large challenge, and the Holy Spirit's going to take you back to that day in Redding, California. And He's going to remind you, remember, I took care of you there. I'm going to take care of you now. His providence is always at work. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way, even unto the end. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he's put eternity into man's heart. And even so, with eternity there, we still don't know all that God's doing. We don't know the end from the beginning, but you have eternity in your heart. That means you have something in your heart that's able to grasp the wider picture. You have something in your heart the animal doesn't have. As a human being, God's placed within you the ability to know there's more out there. There's more purpose out there. There's a wider picture out there. I need to get myself in a place where that can go to work, where I can begin to see all that God has placed me to see. Many times as men, we get all wrapped up in our lives, and sometimes it seems like it's just a very mundane event. It's, it's just one day after another day after another day after another day. And with all the talk about retirement, and, 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 and you can retire in so many years if you, if you do this, if you do that, and we begin to just feel like life is just a mundane a series of events that seem to happen every day, the same day, the same thing, and it just rolls on. We kind of get stuck in the quagmire of mundane living. And things kind of drag a little bit. We kind of wonder if maybe we can't change things. We, we go out and buy a new truck. We go out and buy something else. We, we try to find a, a, a different place to, to work. We, because part of a male's makeup is, is his sense of of fulfillment comes out of being successful. That's why, you don't, that's why you never understand the woman you marry. Her sense of fulfillment comes from relationships. Yours comes from being successful. And of course, one of the things God's going to show you as a male married is how you can be successful in relationship. And once you figure that out, then all the rest of it really doesn't matter as much as it used to. Because there's great fulfillment that comes when you understand that the relationship you have with your wife is, first of all, outside of yours with God, the most important one you've got in your life. And you begin to sense the fulfillment that comes from just being in relationship with her and that eternity that God's placed in your soul to grasp the bigger picture begins to take fruition. It begins to show up and God begins to say more things to you. Psalm 139, 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. The word vast here means thousands of thoughts every day from God to you. His providence is at work. He knows where you're at. 
Isaiah 8:11 For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and he warned me not to walk in the way of this people and God began to speak through Isaiah what is that saying well the hand of the Lord is a circumstance that circumstance happens to be the Assyrian army that's approaching and he says that circumstance the hand of the Lord the Assyrians was heavy upon me Whatever circumstance you're in the middle of today, and even if it's heavy upon you, understand that in God's providence, He's allowed that circumstance to be there. And in this particular case in Isaiah, God began to speak to him and through him. It was that circumstance so that helped bring him to a spot where he needed to know that I need to get a hold of God because this circumstance is a heavy burden. And as you go to God in the middle of these heavy burdens, you begin to sense direction coming into your life you see an answer that you didn't see before in first kings chapter 8 verse 23 oh lord god of israel there's no god like you in heaven above or on earth beneath keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart this is solomon's prayer when he's dedicating the temple oh god of israel there's no god like you who keeps covenant showing steadfast love to your servants day after day after day. The, the very fact that providence is at work in your life is proof that God loves you. It's proof that he cares about you. It's proof that he has purpose for you. Because if he didn't love you, he wouldn't give you providence. He wouldn't give you a destiny. He wouldn't even give you time to allow things to develop for future eventualities. But he does. Then Jeremiah's words, I know my plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I have sent you into exile. He knows his providence for you. He knows his plan for you. He knew you before you were formed, before you were even conceived. He not only knew who you were, he knew where you were going. He knew his providence. He knew his purpose for your life. He knew how to bring that purpose to pass. He knew the kind of fires he was going to have to allow you to walk through. He knew the kind of storms he was going to have to encourage you to believe him through. He knew the kind of darkness and the dark nights that you were going to have to endure. He knew all those sunny days that were going to show up. Your life is like... Is, 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 is at one time a seed planted in just plain old dirt. And as it's watered and as it's cultivated, it becomes this huge crop, just like you see on Highway 95 driving into town all the time. It goes from a dirt field to something profitable. As you're going through your days and you're going through your storms and it's raining and it hasn't sunshined in a long time, just remember the crop's on the way. Providence is at work in your life. God knows what he's doing. There's two things to remember. God's providence will find you. This is what Jeremiah just said. 
I will bring you from wherever you have been. Wherever I've even allowed you to be driven, I will bring you back. Isn't that nice? God will bring you back. I had a praying mother and a praying father. I've told you before I wasn't going to be a preacher. It was the last thing on earth. God gave me a list of one to ten things I wanted to do. Number 100 would have been preaching. So I was forging my own way. I was going against the current, let me tell you. Because back home on my on her knees every morning saying my name along with my other siblings was my mother praying the will of God into my life, praying the providence of God. And providence of God was always there. Even in those days when I wasn't following him, the providence of God was at work because he put in my life a young man from Idaho. I'm, I'm, I'm living in Michigan and Minnesota. He puts a young man in my life from Idaho Falls, Idaho. And this kid, this kid brags so much about the beautiful West. And guess what happened in my spirit while I'm in rebellion? The providence of God takes his words about how he feels about the West, plants it down in my spirit, and also plants the desire to go West at some time in my life. I'm thinking I'm going to go West for me, and eventually in the year 1981, God moves me and my wife and family to the West Coast to be part of a church. But the providence of God dropped it in there when I was in rebellion. I want to say to all you moms and dads who, who, who you know you've raised your children up in the way they should go, and you're quoting the verse we've heard already this morning, they will not depart. You need to keep praying the providence of God because even in the middle of their rebellion, he's at work. His providence is there, speaking into their heart. The thing about providence is it finds you. It found Moses twice. It found him at his birth. And it found him a little later on in Exodus chapter 2, 7 and 8. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And in God's providence, many laws were broken. That little boy wasn't supposed to be alive. It was a law. But in his providence, he put in his mother's heart an understanding about Moses' purpose was not to die as a child, which is true about any child. So she built the ark, put him in the river, set her daughter a little ways away, watch him. And in God's providence, he speaks into Pharaoh's daughter, says you need to go for a walk down by the water. She thought she made that choice. She didn't. God was making that choice. And she went with it. She got down there and found this baby. Her mother's heart leaped. Even though it was against the law, her mother's heart leaped. And she Instructed, the baby was to be brought out of the water and taken to the palace. The providence of God found Moses in that ark. The providence of God will find you wherever you're at. Whatever laws have to be broken, let the providence of God break them, not you.
You let him break them. You let him bust his way through. He will bust his way through. Sir, he knows where you're at today. He knows what you're underneath. He knows maybe what you're behind. But his providence is at work. He's going to find you. It's going to be powerful. He found him later on the backside of a desert. You see, he had broken a law. One that he wasn't supposed to break. He tried to help the providence of God out a little bit. Because he's going to help his people. That's what he, he knew he was called to do this. So he's going to push it along a little bit. Let the providence of God work your call out. He knows exactly where he wants you and when he wants you there. He knows what he wants to accomplish in your life and when he wants to accomplish it. So let his providence work it out. Don't, don't try to begin forcing things on your own time and in your own way. Moses tried to do that and ended up having to flee Egypt for 40 years. It took 40 years of timely waiting on the backside of a desert for a future eventuality. And that eventuality spoke to him out of a burning bush, as you can read in Exodus chapter 3. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said... Here I am. No one could have found him. But God knew where he was all along. He knows where you're at, and he's known it all along. He knows what you're facing, and he's known it all along. He knows what his purpose is for your life, and he knows the kind of curveball you threw to get you out of it. But as Jeremiah 29 says, I can bring you back from the places where I have driven you. And he started reeling Moses back. And as you read the story of Moses, you find out that it wasn't an easy walk back for him. He had all kinds of excuses why he shouldn't go back. But God's providence was moving him. Found him twice. Found Joseph in Egypt. Sold by his brothers as a young teenager. Off as a slave. Then he becomes a servant. He ends up in prison, falsely accused. He didn't break any laws. But he still ends up in jail. Because he was accused of one. God's providence at work. Because what God wanted to do was develop Joseph that time that you're waiting for future eventualities. He wanted to train him on how to manage, on how to take care of huge projects. And so he put him in charge of the prisons. Yeah, the prison was ran by a prisoner. But God's providence was at work. There can be some very strange things going on in your life. People can come up to you and say, you know what, whatever's happening, I've noticed that it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense when it's God's providence. Because God knows what he's doing. And he's preparing Joseph to be king someday. Only without the title. And eventually the day does arrive when he's out of prison. And now he's running Pharaoh's house. And pretty soon Pharaoh puts everything into Joseph's hands. Even life and death. He was the one even deciding on capital punishment. 
king of Egypt without the title. But all that time of being prepared from a slave to a servant in prison and out was God preparing for the eventualities that were coming down the road. Don't get too upset with where you're at right now. Don't begin to complain too loudly with what's going on right now because you don't know the eventuality that this present time is preparing you in the future. So be careful about how much you let God know how unhappy you are. You can. It won't make any difference. Because his providence is still at work in your life. And later, the tables finally turn. And here comes Joseph's brothers trekking in out of the desert. They're starving to death where they're from. And dad said, you need to go find food. They knew where food was at. Why was it there? Because Joseph was a manager. Joseph was a steward. He was watching over all the harvest. He was making sure that Egypt would get through whatever was coming down the road. A tremendous mine had been prepared in the furnaces that, that were hotter than hot. And here he is now sitting at the very pinnacle of his life and he's making decisions about life and death concerning a whole nation because he allowed the providence of God to work in his life he didn't run out he didn't skip out he didn't tell God I quit he just stuck at it with an attitude that said he knew who God was he understood he had eternity in his soul and somehow he was going to allow that eternity to understand there's a larger purpose here while I sit in this prison And he looked at his brothers in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and he said, you know what you guys did? You meant for evil. But God's providence meant it for good. And today, I have the privilege of not only forgiving you, but I have the privilege of feeding you. What a day that had to be. And at that point in time in his life, he, he had to say it was worth it all. He had to say it was worth it all. God found him. His providence was always there. And the second thing you've got to remember is God's presence will be there. That was a promise to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. He said, God, let's think about this a little bit. You can get God in conversations where you're going to try to explain things to him. You can go ahead and do that. I'd advise you not to do it for very long because God's God and he already knows. But... So Moses is trying to explain to him, look, God, you've got to understand, these people are going to say, and who are you? And what is this God's name? Now, you can just see people doing that. I mean, if some guy walks up to you and says he's, he's, he's Moses and God's called him to lead you, what are you going to tell him? So he said, God, what, what am I going to do? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, this, this, this verse I dropped in my heart decades ago. Never forgotten it. All you young Bible students, get a hold of a study on the names of God sometime. The names of God. I'm sure you can Google it. And study the names of God. Get them down in your spirit. Because when you study the names of God, you're also getting doctrine into your spirit. You're finding out who God is. Because that's what this was all about. Moses is concerned about who, 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 
They're going to say who sent you. It's not about you, Moses. It's not even about who you are, Moses. It's about who I am. So you tell them I am that I am. Now that's the name of God. Jehovah. That's one of the names you'll study is Jehovah. Jehovah means self-existent one. Jehovah means always has been, always will be. Jehovah means being with a capital B. Being. You, Moses, you tell them, I am hath sent you. It also means that I will be whatever you need me to be. Once you understand you're not running away from God's providence, the next great thing you have to realize is that God's presence will always be there. He will always be what you need him to be. You begin to understand that Jehovah is always there. He's the self-existent one. And he's there for you. There for you. little later on he said in exodus 33 14 and he said my presence will go with you and i will give you rest that's the beautiful thing about the presence of god the presence of god brings rest the presence of god brings comfort the presence of god will bring security the presence of god soothes the presence of god brings grace into your life the presence of god is going to be not just him being there it's going to be all that he is being there and all that he is is all you'll ever need all you'll ever need in your darkest moments the presence of God is there the self-existent one is active he's present in your life he said I will give you rest that's what he told Moses I will give you rest his presence look for his presence get in his presence understand how to be there Understand how to get in his presence by reading the word. Get the right kind of music playing in your spirit, in your heart, over that iPhone, that smartphone. The right kind of spirit that brings in the presence of God. Because with the presence of God comes peace, comes a soothing, comes a tranquility, comes a ministry down deep into your spirit that will feed you and cause you to stand strong, cause you to be able to look in the middle of the darkest night and know the sun will rise. God's providence is sure. God's presence met with Jesus early in the day. Mark chapter 1, 35, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed. He went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. It's been interesting listening to people talk about preparing their prayer, space, their prayer spaces. The prayer room, you saw the movie, the prayer room? great movie great movie war room pardon me but jesus prayer rooms were desolate places he went to a desolate place and he prayed and in that desolate place of prayer god spoke to him about his providence for that day an interesting thing about Jesus getting providence for that day is that not everybody that was with Jesus, his disciples, most of the time they didn't understand what God's providence was for that day. They were shocked to find out that the plan had changed. 
In their head, it was a changed plan. But not in God's head. It never was a changed plan. It was the next step. If your plans are always being changed by God, if you're always telling people God changed his plan, no, God's never changed his plan. You've changed your plans because you found out God's plans don't change. But don't take any credit for having changed the plan. God changed the plan. You know it and I know it. So you need to admit that you weren't going in the place he wanted you to go anyway. So he didn't change the plan. No, he changed your heart to receive his plan. Jesus prays for the sick at Peter's mother's-in-law's house. She's one of them. And he goes, and, and the line is long after dinner that night, and he's praying for everybody, and they're all healed. And he gets up in the morning because there's still more people to be prayed for, but the disciples couldn't find him, and he's out in this solitary place praying. And the disciples come running out. Master, master, what are you doing out here? There's more sick people back there, more books to sell, more tapes to sell, more CDs to sell. You need to come back. And Jesus said, no, no, I'm moving on to the next city. He's in the presence of God. Luke 5, 16 says the same thing, but he withdrew to a desolate place and he prayed. The two on the way to Emmaus after the resurrection, while they were walking and talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with him. And how could we forget Isaiah's prophecy about what Jesus' name would be? Emmanuel. And what does that mean? God with us. Let's bow our heads together. Holy Spirit, we are thankful for your great faithfulness. I'm thankful, Lord, that your providence found me in my rebellion. Changed my heart to receive your purpose for my life. Thank you, Lord, for the many, 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 many times that your providence has shown up in our lives and that your presence was always there. Lord, for the many times that we dropped our knees in the darkest nights and found out we weren't alone, that you were there with us in that solitary place. Not only letting us know that you were there and you'll give us rest, but you were there leading us on step by step. For the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and we learn how to delight in them once we understand that the providence of God is always best. So Lord, we thank you that in all those times in our lives when Satan meant it for evil, you meant it for good. And out of it comes glory to your name and good to our lives. So we ask that your spirit would be allowed by every heart here to speak into our hearts and that we would respond. In Jesus' name.